0: morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good
1: morning. I'm Karen. What are we doing today? Today we're talking about thinking that we know people when we don't or or assuming because we've known them for a long time that we know everything about them Mm -hmm. and I'm going to start with a story about it. Okay. Okay. This is about my brother Darren. Mm -hmm. So Darren came home as you know last weekend And I got to spend a couple of hours with him Friday night, again Saturday, and again Sunday. And people are hearing this is my brother, so he's 52, and I'm 50, almost 56, I'm 55. So you're hearing that that's five decades of knowing each other. And where, you know, I I might think that I know him. It's a brother, it's, you know, close or not close, there's a distance of cities, he's in Ottawa, I'm in North Bay, But I might, I might step into some of those conversations and think I already know some of the answers or I know what some of his responses or behaviors were. And I decided to approach it differently. I decided to listen and to try and do my best not to make any assumptions about anything that he was sharing with me. And to be inquisitive instead of to assume something in my head so I had to really listen differently and as we went through those hours because this was a couple of hours each day it was about an hour and a half at two hours at each of the visits so over you know close to five to six hours in a weekend I learned more about him than I've bothered to learn in years Mm-hmm. And I, I I learned things like what a, an amazing business person he is. Mm-hmm. Um I and I knew certain things. I did know that in some ways, but this time because of some of the things he was going through in his career, he's had so many changes and so many different responsibilities that he's learned more. And because he's learned more, he's changed. And I wanted to be able to sit back and see the changes, and I think it it was a good a good process for me, so that I didn't just sit there and think I knew what he had done in those things or who he was, and tune out some of those things, and just sort of daydream or I don't know ask questions there that, that were more surface. I, I even found my questions were different um, and came from a place of being more inquisitive, more curious, mm-hmm. instead of, I think I know, so I'm assuming, so I'll just say this or or share my own thoughts or my own experience. It didn't become a, you talk, I'll talk. You're going to say what you think, I'm going to say what I think. It became really focused on learning and and um, discovering, I'll say it was more of a discovery session for me of wanting to feel something and learn something different. And I say, feel it too, because as I learned different things about him, it kind of showed me that some of the things that he had been in the past, he was letting go of. And if I wasn't there to listen, I might not have recognized that he actually let go of some things. Right. And I might make assumptions then in the future or even in those conversations that weekend that he's still the same person I think he is because he's my my brother and I know him. Mm-hmm. But it changed and I found it changed me too. Cool. So yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's worth bringing up because sometimes we want our spouses to change or... <laughs> Some people even work on the fact that I'll stay in this relationship if he does or if she does. And that's why I'm here. And we don't actually create that sense of curiosity to see if they have. We make the assumptions. That they haven't. That they haven't. Right. And that can be a brick wall for the person who actually is trying to change. And and can create frustration then with the partner That you've asked me to change i'm trying and you won't let me because you keep seeing me the same way right and you treat me the same way you have the same emotions and response and you are the one that's actually the brick wall Mm -hmm. and we don't think so we think they are because we keep putting them in that same pattern so i i asked him for permission i called him when he was heading out of town (laughs) he's going back to life in ottawa I called him on the phone and he was on his, you know, cell phone, what like Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you, would you mind if I uh, asked you for consent to do a podcast? I said, I, I I tried something very different this weekend that I, that I wanted to do for myself. I wanted to t- to try that. And I said, I learned a lot of things in just listening and spending time with you. Would it be okay to share it? And he said, yeah. And I told him just briefly what it was. Um, and, and I explained to him too, that I was trying to see him differently. We're not the same in our fifties as we were in our forties or thirties or our twenties. But sometimes when it's your sibling, you think they are, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or, you know, it's your parent. You think they still are. You don't, you don't know that maybe that they've changed or that you have too. And, and it's, um it allows the emotions to shift and the the dynamics of how they hopefully i hope with with Darren that it changes the dynamics in our relationship of how we go forward maybe he even shares things he didn't before because he knows I'm listening differently now mhm maybe maybe he's maybe there's there isn't a withholding of other things in life because he knows there aren't my prejudgments that he knows i've already made mhm and that's something else we do when we do those things. So those that, like I'll say Darren in this situation, he might already know how I respond to things. So he doesn't say certain things. He doesn't bring up certain things. Because I've set forth a pattern too. Mm-hmm. And this was about the deep work of truly changing pattern. And I didn't walk up to him in advance and say, hey, <laughs> I'm going to change a pattern today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I didn't do that. I just, I just set the intention within myself. And it came from, then I'm going to change the way I'm a listener. And I'm going to change the way that I engage and ask questions. Not going back to how do I ask, or asking the very same things I always say, how's work? How are you doing? It's it's, I changed all of that. I said, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And how did you feel doing it? What was it like being in that room when you had to go through that? What changed in you? I asked different things. Mm -hmm. And I got, because of that, he got to answer in different ways that allowed me to see the changes he's made. So I feel, I feel excited because it just, it just shifted everything. So it feels new. And I think sometimes we're looking to create newness in relationships when we've been in them for a long time. Absolutely. That's that spark
0: or that passion or that excitement.
1: It, and if anybody's out there that's in a long-term relationship with a well I was gonna say with a husband a wife a boyfriend a girlfriend maybe it's been 10 years maybe it's been three weeks maybe it's just your best friend oh Kelly and I you love listen it one way yeah or you don't listen at all anymore and they know that and 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 so these are those patterns oh yawn time early morning eh mm-hmm. did I tire you
0: Oh, I'm trying the whole no caffeine thing. Oh, oh yeah. Like okay. Fake coffee with the Sarlos. <laughs> Just getting It's tea. Decaf. We have to start calling it decaf coffee. Or coffee with the Sarlos. Then I guess we also can't call it sips of sanity. <laughs> huh. My identity crisis right now. No, I love the topic that you've picked. And I, I immediately think of like you're illustrating, brothers and sisters, and potentially parents who are still around because you are in your 50s and some of your siblings are approaching 70. Um, I think about the way that you all had to change in your partnerships when you left home, when you sought different jobs, different careers, and changed them throughout the years. But how when you come together back in that family home, when you're all you know, gathering again as, as siblings, that like you say, you can come back to the same assumptions that those people next to you haven't changed, that there's still the kid you grew up with, there's still the irresponsible teenager that you grew up with, there's still the, um, you know, the overachiever or the underachiever, or the family disappointment, or the list can go on and on, but you hold them in your own head in that same role. And I know you've said that, but I wanted to spell it out because I think it pinpoints what a lot of people feel and maybe don't know how to talk about or where that frustration that we're we're discussing comes back into your partner relationship after you've left the family gathering, where your partner knows you're different, your partner knows you as as a grown-up or a professional or an equal, but has to then almost step back in time and witness you. As the unequivalent sibling, or the family disappointment, or, or whatever role we just we just listed, and so it creates confusion and it creates tension in your partner relationship when your siblings don't allow you to
1: grow up in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Th- th- this is something that came up in a session as well, in a um, where a woman a couple of nights ago said to me it was a telephone session. And she said, I'm just going to book half an hour and do soul contracts. And I said, okay. And she said, um, Marion, what do you get about Marion? And I said, well, the spirit world is saying this was a girlfriend. She was the best friend. And she goes, yeah. And I said, but sh- they're saying she ghosted on you. She goes, well, what the hell does that mean? I said, it's the young person's term. For just disappearing. <laughs> For disappearing in the friendship. And she goes, yes. She goes, she, j- she just stopped calling me. She just she just she wouldn't return my calls. She wouldn't return my tax. It was just it just ended. I have no idea what I did. And I said, Okay, well, hold on and let me ask her spirit. So her spirit came through to say that Marion had been changing. And that the person my client, let's call her Bev, the client on the phone, Bev would not allow that she wouldn't see that Marion was changing in her life. And she kept treating her the same way. So Bev, um, I'll say pigeonholed her into certain behaviors and thoughts. But when Marion would call or chat and just dis- try to discuss something and say how she'd grown, Bev would make flippant comments like, oh, we know, we know That's you do that all the time. She would, she wasn't listening. She wasn't engaging with Marion's growth. And so Marion just thought, I can't keep having coffee with you. I can't keep talking to you. you. You you, aren't listening to me. You're not allowing me to change. You want me to be the same person. So she ghosted. She walked out of the friendship. She couldn't see any way to say to Bev, I've changed and you won't let me.
0: You're invalidating me.
1: Yes. You're not seeing me anymore. You're not hearing me anymore. You're, you're not engaging anymore. And Bev thought, yes, I am. I was listening. I was this. And she, but not from the space of being present in the moment she was still putting on the role of when i speak to marion here's my here's my gray track pants and my white t-shirt you know like this is this is my outfit this is what i do this is what we do together we drink we have wings we you know this is how we talk we complain and marion didn't want to complain anymore she she had learned different tools than just the complaining, she learned to actually solve some of the problems. And Bev wanted to sit and still gripe about the problems. Mm-hmm. And so Marion had to recognize that the only way out of this was to disappear because had she sat in front of Bev and said, Bev, come on, get a book, get therapy, um, do something to grow and change here and I can help you. Bev wasn't willing to do it. So Marion just said, throw my cards down on the table. <laughs> and I'm out. Yeah. Uh, because there weren't other choices. And out is a choice.
0: Yeah, starting over.
1: Yeah. So Marion would just really wanted to step out. She didn't mean to hurt Bev, but she knew it was going to hurt her. But there wasn't an opportunity there to come uh, with an openness to speak because Bev herself wasn't open. And that that happens. So Marion moved on by ghosting and it wasn't about trying to be mean to Bev it was just simply recognizing no growth no opportunity this is the other choice
0: you and I have had umpteen conversations about this throughout the years and uh, maybe I am Bev <laughs> maybe the story sorry maybe I am Marion and this story is about me uh I've always referred to it as saving my breath When I've had to walk away from friendships or any kind of relationship, I do tremendous amounts of evaluating to see whether or not, because I do have those tools in my back pocket. They are readily available. I understand them. I know when to implement them. I really have to go through and evaluate as to whether or not the person that I want to step away from is emotionally intelligent enough to have the conversation, to be an equal in the conversation. And, and in some cases they are Amanda and I have great conversations about that, where we reevaluate our relationship, uh, that spark that you're talking about, the way we listen to each other, mm-hmm. asking if the other one wants to have a different role in the friendship. Um, certainly not wasted breath there, but mm-hmm. there are some much like Bev where people just want to complain. Uh, I'm not interested. And so I really do decide to save my breath and it's a quiet
1: ghost exit. A little example would uh, that comes to my mind, we had this conversation yesterday um, about a man named Mark, who is stepping out of a group of friends, because it's time to grow. And perhaps the group is still getting together and drinking, they're still getting together. And um, just I don't know i i I'm not putting down any particular behavior no but there's an there's an
0: unspoken socially accepted belief that when we gather together we're going to drink our faces off we can't watch a sports game without a beer yep we can't be in the room together for more than five minutes, especially if it's two men without offering the other person a beer yeah there there's There's an acceptance of what's always been. And there is no reevaluation as to whether or not they're still those same people.
1: Yeah. And I I use the alcohol because it does lead into other issues of codependence. To me, it's unconsciousness. Yes. And that's something codependence creates. So I'm sorry. I just gapped. Oh, (laughs) I was going to say you didn't cut me off. (laughs) No, I gapped because I got so excited thinking about having Beverly or Melody Beattie, like asking somebody like who did, who wrote the book Codependent No More to come and talk about the, those types of cycles mm-hmm. and how that codependence and, and in this area with alcohol or with people pleasing or with all different types of behaviors and situations, when one person is growing and stepping outside of it, how the rest of the group can react. So they might react kindly and just recognize that it's just part of life so you see them out in public hey how are you doing you let them go on there's a maturity there's an understanding that everybody changes and grows and then there's the other side of it where they don't and they just feel angry so we're going to shun him now we're going to shun Mark or worse yet we're going to pick at him on Facebook we're going to um We're going to write on his wall. We're going to uh, do mean things. We're going to send text messages that are violent or bullied. Yes. Thanks, Kelly. That are going to bully him. We're going to accuse him. We're going to say, you think you're better than us. And just uh, reflecting even more why Mark chose to leave. (laughs) Yeah. Because yes, you're bullies. So I laughed because your behavior is immature. And you just proved it. Thank you.
0: Oh, yeah, and saving your breath often the person often illustrates why you did it and yes. reconfirms your decision
1: yes
0: i I think the hard part well there, there's several hard parts in walking away, but one of the most difficult pieces of the process is coming to accept that something or someone that once made you happy no longer makes you happy. Yeah. Or if you are referring to food or alcohol, that that thing that maybe you did enjoy the taste of at one point and made you feel like you had that nice fun buzz no longer makes you feel good. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's like decaf. Yeah. And the coffee. So if I can go back to that for just a moment, having that half a cup of coffee in the morning was giving me anxiety so bad all day and I wasn't sleeping even though it was like half a cup good lord how could half a cup do that to me but it was that's all I needed to ruin an entire day and an entire night of sleep so it's been two weeks of decaf or and 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 like no caffeine and I'm realizing how sick it made me feel So the thing that I gave up that I thought I enjoyed and was giving me some joy and giving me something was actually making me very sick. Kind of like wheat, kind of like dairy, kind of like sugar. Like, I mean, there's a whole, or people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) certain friends, certain partners, certain things in life, right? So it's, it's, you go through this process of realizing the thing that maybe, you know, I can I liken this to a friend of mine who finally gave up wine, and said, well, temporarily at least, and said, oh my God, since I did, my psoriasis is like just in half, and the psoriasis, like I feel better. I'm not itching. I'm not burning. The shower doesn't hurt anymore. I don't feel self-conscious when I wear a dress because it's the patch on my arm is gone. Mm-hmm. I can change and wear my favorite tops. But if she goes back to the wine, put on the long sleeves again, I'm irritated, I can't sleep, I'm itching, and when I sweat, it hurts and burns, but I'll take the wine again, and where you go up and down in that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or do you just keep on your decaf, get clean and healthy and enjoy your day? No anxiety and a good sleep night and f- and put in a good new pattern instead.
0: Yeah, then that's just the part I was going to touch on because, I mean, you know that I went through this when I was doing the health coaching program, where it's called crowding in instead of crowding out, right? So a lot of people focus on what they're lacking or what they're giving up. And this, this different concept taught you to focus on what you were including more of. And the things that you include more of that are healthy for you, good for you, make you feel happy and whole naturally tend to crowd out the thing that needs to leave your own, your pattern or your your lifestyle and so if if you're giving up coffee or you're giving up wine what is what is a, a similar kind of um, routine that you can just kind of slip into the spot where you would have had the glass of wine or the, or the cup of coffee And so this morning I'm drinking tea because I recognize that in the process of drinking coffee, what I really want is something warm in my esophagus, a cup. I love the feeling of having the texture of a warm cup on my hand and I can get both of those things from a cup of tea. Right. Right. Yeah. So it does, it takes brain power. It takes creativity. It takes firing and wiring new neurons to brainstorm different, um, different patterns, different options and it's the same with people yes brainstorming that a person could listen to you differently and deciding that you're going to hold out and seek those friends so when you do have to ghost or leave certain friendships or relationships hanging on to the hope and the the concept that there are different people that will will treat you in better ways Mm-hmm. yeah yes but I think, and I'd like to just bring it back to the original story, like you said, becoming the change first. Thank you. Because you're not sticking around in the relationship, being the brick wall
1: and not allowing
0: other people to change, even though you want it. Well, when
1: I sat with Darren, who surprised me that day, if you recall, I didn't realize he was coming into town when he was just, he was just standing in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I came in from putting, uh, putting clothes out on the clothesline and I just remember, you know, he said, you want to sit out on the deck with me? And I went and sat outside with him. And it was right there in that moment. It really was. It was just right there in that moment when he sat down, that I decided I had to listen differently, that I needed, maybe the surprise of him being in the kitchen was just what I needed, so that I didn't have the time maybe, you know, knowing he was coming into town to prepare, you know, how I was going to have a visit with him or what I was going to say. And maybe sometimes we don't realize we do those things. But the surprise was good because when we sat on the deck and he started discussing what was going on in, in his career, um, I was able to just listen. And then he pulled up the videos and wanted to show some more things. And I, I got excited because I wanted to I wanted to be able to see him differently. And I remembered even looking at his face thinking he looks different. (laughs) And of course, maybe he really doesn't. But I'm seeing it through different eyes. I'm hearing him through different ears. But that also allows me to process what I feel for him differently in my heart. And that's something I wanted to experience as his sister. And for me, but also for him. And here's the thing. He gets to know that one of his family, one of his brothers and sisters knows him. They know how he's changed, what he's done, what he's worked on. He gets to know that somebody in his family sees him differently than the way we used to. Mm -hmm. I think, can
0: can I share a story and then bring it back to what you're talking about? The other day... I got surprised in the new apartment with um, some flowers and uh, a nice rack for the the bathroom to put uh, like our toothbrush and all kinds of things. And it was a home like do-it-yourself project. And when I got surprised with it at the end of the day, I was so excited because it's aesthetically beautiful, Both both of these surprises. But what goes through my head when I am given surprises is that meant throughout the day, this person had to go to two different stores, brainstorm how to put this thing together, take the time to do it. So I go through the entire process of how it even came into my hands. And I get so thankful and filled with joy that that person put so much love and time and effort into giving something to me. And I think about what you're talking about. Darren gets to walk away and know that his sister put that much time and effort into first identifying how maybe she was listening poorly and a pattern that she'd fallen into Recognized that it wasn't working and then decided I might need to find a new one and then implemented it Th- that's a whole process and you can say that you just decided it and it just happened that day and I think people can feel that that burst of newness but it's still a process mm-hmm. you just did it in 30 seconds and mm-hmm. some people need five years
1: i oh sorry kelly you no to i continue?
0: i just wanted to illustrate that it takes time and it takes effort and when we know that someone has made an effort to know us like mm-hmm. you were talking about you feel that much more loved mm-hmm. that much more safe mm-hmm.
1: well that was my intention in trying to do those things that day for him it was to love him differently it was to value something I'm conscious enough as a human being to know that those are my goals. And sometimes in relationships, and I'll say again, maybe in with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever, in that partner, a different kind of partnership, we know we want to love that person because we said, yes, we're living with them. Um, we might be married to them or just committed in the relationship, but we forget the emotionally intelligent tools is to stay as to remain or grow or become healthier or healthy people within it mm-hmm. um I decided a little while ago um to text you and Andrew and Kyla and Eric um randomly a little thing called things I think you should know I love about you
0: mm-hmm. it's a terrible acronym so I'm glad that you
1: said the whole thing yes it is because <laughs> I tried that and then I had to delete it <laughs> um And in that, uh, then I would sit down and try, or not try, I'll say how this happened. At first, I sat down and I wanted to try to think of the things that I think you should know that I love about you, each of you. So I had to consciously really think about what Eric does in a day. But the funny thing happened, that it switched after that. I remembered thinking about it and consciously trying to remember things. So I'm going into memory trying to pull it up. But then funny things started to happen. You guys would just all be over for supper or a barbecue or sitting in the living room. And he, when he talks, he puts his arms in the air like he's a football goalpost. mm mm-hmm. Like limp hands? <laughs> With limp hands and he start and he talks and they move <laughs> forward and back as he's yeah. talking and and I absolutely love this about Eric but he he put I don't know how he does he's gonna have great or he has great biceps because he's his arms are up but it might be why his back hurts so much too but he had his arms up in the air like this and it was like he it, when he gets excited they stay higher he talks longer and they they move and He's a guitar player, so maybe he this is something that he does is that there's so much movement through his heart center into those chakras that come out of his hands that he's you know playing a guitar that that he still has to have this movement. And I just loved it. And I thought, so I'm watching him, but in the moment, I'm thinking of it and I'm thinking, okay, I gotta write this down, I gotta write this down so that. When he leaves, maybe in four or five days, I can write it down. Well, you were a little bugger because, was it you or Andrew that found my list? Remember I wrote no, a couple of them down? No, this
0: was unrelated to Eric. Andrew and Kai came over, and they were going out grocery shopping that day. And Andrew said to Kai, we're going grocery shopping. Can you not be a fuckboy? <laughs> and... i was not present for this conversation she goes through
1: the grocery store in a weird i can't remember what it is she doesn't
0: just do aisle by aisle but she does like the perimeter and then she comes back in and there's just it's very haphazard it's random yeah and andrew's very used to you and i where we just go in and it's it's very zigzag pattern, like a structured pattern (laughs) and so he called (laughs) called her a fuck boy (laughs) just meaning like don't be an idiot i wasn't present for that conversation so i saw your list about um I can't remember how it was worded, but something about... I tried to write it down the way he said it. Oh, it was something about don't be a fuckboy. So I texted you and I said, I I see, I'm seeing this and I'm not sure like if you... No, you texted
1: Andrew about it. I found out about it through the two of you that... Anyway, you two had quite a good joke about me writing this down, but it
0: didn't come out right. No, because I, I was like, <laughs> she doesn't understand the term. So I, I don't know if she's seeing someone that I don't know about and I need to be concerned. <laughs> 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 or
1: she's being derogatory. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is how much fun I'm having. In the conversations. Well, in in the effort. Because I think people hear effort and they think that's tiring. Well, and this is what Eckhart Tolle was trying to speak to people about in the book, Living in the Now. And people tried to meditate to be in the now. (laughs) They don't understand what it really means. They thought it meant yoga breathing or getting into a yoga pose. They didn't understand that what Eckhart Tolle was trying to talk about was to really be present. And that means in all of your senses. Mm -hmm. It means in how you listen. And quite a few people suck at listening. They don't know how to be good listeners. It's one of the first activities I implement in life coaching. And there's a value right there in the life coaching sessions. And we also did a podcast on Sips of Sanity about I hear you. I
0: see you. I know you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So people can go to that too after this podcast if they are finding um, this helpful today in how you in- enj- how you enjoy your own life and in how you want to be seen and loved, because it isn't just about what you give to others, it's what you get back, so go back to that conversation with Darren on the deck that day. It was so beautiful and filled me up because of my choice to sit and really engage out of curiosity and listening and asking Darren questions about his own world his own life and trying to figure out where to be respectful so that if he brought up a topic but didn't want to go into it too much to be respectful that he brought something up and dropped it Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that I, I respect that and maybe in a different conversation he goes a little further and I get to be there for that growth and if it doesn't that's okay. Still love where it is in that moment. And I I I think all of this is something that filled me up. I'm trying I'm trying to say what it did for me too, not just what I hope that I gave to him, Mm -hmm. but what it did for me. Yeah. And that's that whole other aspect of that figure eight we talk about, or people go around and buy infinity necklaces and have no fucking clue how to live it. Mm-hmm. but I'm wearing one yeah <laughs> it does not make me a good person doesn't that like we can't just walk around and buy the earring or or, or wear the well, jewelry or... most
0: people are wearing them as tattoos now
1: wonderful but we we need to be we need to be them mm-hmm. and, and and if we're just wearing them as as tattoos because they mean something do more homework do do put more into your life do better yeah Oh yeah, absolutely do better because otherwise you're phony. You're you're fake. I feel very under attack right now. Well, I, I Kelly sometimes, you know, I've heard people, you know, say how no, I'm just I'm okay, thank you. But I I I've heard I hear quite a lot how people can either love the sessions with us. Or they walk away and bash the shit out of what we do and who we are. Oh, absolutely. And it's because of those types of comments where I say that's phony and that's fake. Or you are phony and you are fake. Yeah. And people think, holy Christ, she talks like that? And yes, I do. Because sometimes when we are in our own shit, we really need to be shaken. And our children, maybe, maybe you can't expect a five-year-old to shake a 40-year-old parent but they will they'll try
0: they often get disciplined
1: yes so sometimes the 55 year old or the 29 year old professional or the doctor that says yep you have cancer oh that's so that's not kind of you to tell me i have cancer that upsets me well yeah that's the job that is what happens you're not going to like everything so it's 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 maturity To be able to hear it and to be able to take it from where it comes from. Okay. Mm.
0: I think it's important for people who are listening and don't have the emotional intelligence or experience with this to understand that it's calling it as it is, but with no emotional attachment to it. Yeah. It's making an observation and stating a fact without saying it's also my judgment. Oh, I appreciate that. You can call someone phony because it is what it is and not have a grudge
1: toward them, but just be able to say, this is how you're behaving. That's correct. And that's where I'm trying to say in the sessions, that's our ability. That is our emotional intelligence level is to deliver the message without judgment so that the person can listen to it, digest it. And even at that, I know quite often it brings shame. So I also understand they're feeling shame when they hear that. Mm-hmm. and it isn't my intention to create it it's to provide them with an environment to heal in it but if they miss that whole process from the beginning and think i've judged them by saying it they don't get to feel that, that energy of love so that they can feel their shame and heal mm-hmm. and and that's the whole that's the whole part of the energy healing and the channeling versus somebody sitting down and saying you're a phony and you're a fake and I'm judging you and I'm angry I'm not angry it's a statement of fact and what do you choose to do with it can we do some homework to find out why where it came from and the tools to heal it but if I'm being judged before that I can't get there to do the rest of the work with them and there's such a difference a version is a brick wall and it shuts it down and B, moves us into the healing and the growth and the steps forward. And that's where I'm saying all of this with Darren at the beginning in the conversation and the openness to change within me and to choose to give that and see that for my brother really is that infinity. But it is with clients as well. Perfect. With friends, with family with with everybody and that's walking the talk instead of just saying I can do it as a job but not in the other aspects of my life Mm -hmm. and and that goes back to Eckhart Tolle saying living in the moment and really being an authentic being Mm -hmm. cool yeah we're not doing too badly for decaf you know (laughs) he's just thinking that
0: uh, thank you for today. I'm glad that Darren consented to that. That's, uh, yeah. that's really wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I thank him as well. And I thank him for the three visits on the weekend too. Mm. For the time he chose to give me. For the opportunity to practice it. Because, you know, maybe he caught on. You know, and he knew exactly what I was doing. He's an intelligent man. He he oversees hundreds of staff. Uh, in Ottawa, and he has his own skills. And it's something where I wanted to be able to engage and see and, and benefit from as well in my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that, you know, it ups the ante in in the quality of the love and the relationship that you have. And that again goes into isn't that what we wanted when we got married? Isn't that what we wanted? When we said yes to be a friend, when somebody said, Hey, yeah. do you want to have a coffee and and entered into do you want to be a girlfriend or do you want to be a guy friend or you know I want to have a baby
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know isn't that what we what we or I want a job I want I want coworkers. is aren't those the things that we wanted maybe that's just a good question to end the podcast with so that people can maybe sit back and identify and go wow is that what I wanted when I said yes, mm-hmm. or did I just, did I just want a paycheck or did I just want the pension or whatever? Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe just going in and saying, what did I want? That works.
0: Done? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you. I enjoyed the conversation today.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. I, I hope people can hear it and share it. Maybe, you know, you, 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 you share that with somebody else and say, could you listen to that and pull something out of it, even if it's only one thought or idea that we can talk about over a coffee, mm-hmm. or over a walk together or something, you know?
0: That's awesome. If you have questions or comments about today's show, we welcome you to email us at info at Otherwise, we hope you have a wonderful weekend, and we will be joining you again next Saturday.